of his friend Gary Freed's apartment and the party it contained. Lerner worked alone, hours in the studio bending and pounding metal or shaping clay. The solitude eventually filled him with a craving for contact, but the suffocating press of people in a small space after his time alone was a difficult transition. Tonight he felt sociable. Though his sculpture seminar had tired him, it had also left him craving more human interaction. He pressed Freed's buzzer a few minutes before 10 p.m. He would be at the party for at least an hour before seeing the painting. Though not a memorable party, everything that happened prior to that moment crystallized, as if his first sight of the painting merged both immediate past and far future into one ineradicable memory. Hey, Jacob, have a mojito, Freed said at the door. It's Cuban. Hemingway drank them. Lerner thanked him and took the drink. Freed looked the way he always did, sleek, healthy seal, nicely groomed and dressed in something stylish and appropriate, suitable and proper appearance for a successful plastic surgeon. Seeing him, Lerner remembered that he had planned to go home and change before the party, but hadn't even gotten on the right subway to do so. The train dream had thrown everything off. A man and a familiar-looking woman stood nearby. The man was talking with his mouth close to the woman's ear, his gaze moving from her face to her breasts, not large but well exposed by the cut of her top. Lerner caught a few words about sweet locations and options to buy. "'Seminar day go okay?' Freed asked. They chatted for a minute, then Freed moved off to join a woman standing in front of a series of black-and-white photographs showing the steel frames of skyscrapers under construction. Freed, an art collector, also owned an early piece of learners. A small bronze with the appearance of a distorted cage burst open at the top from the inside as though whatever it once housed had tired of captivity. Lerner had done cages years ago, moved to other themes, and returned. Did I hear you say something about making clay things? Lerner turned toward the familiar-looking woman and recognized her, foul-mouthed Juliet, an actress he had seen in a modernization of Romeo and Juliet, now with black hair which had previously been red. He had met her several times, but she never remembered him. Once he had told her he worked as a Zeppelin pilot in Tanzania, bringing supplies to remote regions, and was in New York recovering from surgery after a near-fatal attack by airship pirates. Showing unexpected interest, she asked Lerner about his seminar, but the man interrupted. Did I just hear you say you only have to work one day a week? I had no idea teaching was so lucrative. You artists haven't made government grants, teaching gigs. If you work two days a week, you could buy a vacation home in East Hampton. I'm in the wrong fucking business. Lerner stared at the man's face for a moment, then responded, That isn't what I said. I teach one day a week. I work more than that, a lot more. I'm working right now, talking to you. There's a shadow on the wall behind you. I don't know from what. That's not important. The shape is the important thing. What form would that shadow take in three dimensions? Without waiting for a reaction, Lerner walked off. While crossing the room, he intercepted a man carrying a tray of drinks and exchanged his empty for a new one. Two women stood near his old sculpture. One of them had set her empty glass in the middle of the cage. The base of the cage was a thin layer of concrete. 
Lerner had cut down an assortment of plastic tubs, using them as molds for ready-mix concrete, in which, after drying, he would drill holes for the bronze rods. For his current work, he used a bronze disc as the base, welding the rods to it. Groupings of random syllables rose from the women, growing ordered and distinct as Lerner drew closer. Their voices intertwined, sometimes repeating the same phrase as though each was talking to herself. Up a quarter point. Not advisable. Too much for too little. We told him, but he wouldn't listen. We told him, after the market closes. Always after the close. One of them said something else, and both laughed. Identical laughs, a crackling that sounded forced and studied, as if, lacking a natural means of expressing mirth, they had taught themselves to approximate. The duo had the coppery hair, dark suit-dress look of financial advisors. They hovered leathery-winged between Lerner and his art.